It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Film lovers, welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocy, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Sosi. The show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we have a blog, which someday we'll update at filmsociology.tumblr.com. I'm hosting and producing I can't chew gum and walk at the same time. I'm from Michigan. However, I do have some friends in studio. It's going to be stage and TV screen-ology, maybe. We'll see. But uh, first off, joining us in studio is a gentleman who actually outdresses Tracy Forner from time to time on Indie Style, Tom Alvarez. How are you, Tom? Hi there. So happy to be with you. Good to have you here as well. And uh, joining him is uh, Dustin Klein. And uh, these are two gentlemen that are involved with Calder. Am I, is it Calder, right? Calder. Calder. People have said Calder, but it, it's We're known not... as Calder. <laughs> at Target. So yeah, anyway, right. anyway, Calder, the musical is happening at Fringe, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, we also have a guest, a guest that really needs no introduction. <laughs> Another horrible day here with all of you in this studio, Matthew. Yes, Sammy Terry's here, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, your pledge dollars at work. <laughs> He's here for the state fair as well. Are you deep frying stuff there, Sammy? Oh, absolutely. Nothing's better than deep fried lady fingers, or perhaps anybody's children that happen to wander too far away from mommy. <laughs> so maybe those leashes are for used for good for once. Maybe at the state fair, we'll see. That's right. Okay, let's. Well, I, I, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. So, sometimes life gets in the way, and rehearsals get in the way, and not having a vehicle gets in the way. So, um, and honestly, a film I thought was opening this weekend is not. It's next weekend. Don't worry about it, guys. Uh, but I will mention, opening in theaters this weekend, there's plenty to choose from if it's too hot for you to go out, although you really should go out. Um, <laughs> we start with Florence Foster Jenkins, the Meryl Streep Can't Sing movie. Um, 
Well, I mean, it's for lack of a better phrase. Well, she can sing, but there's a performance where she is supposed to sing badly, and this is based on the famous uh, uh, English actress who made these recordings. And, and so back in the 1930s, we are addressing, can you watch something ironically? And what is fame and what isn't? And it's directed by Stephen Frears. It also has Hugh Grant as her husband. And getting a lot of press has been Simon Helberg, Sky Point to Big Bang Theory. Um, there is a film that came out earlier this year on video here in the States, and it was it was a film from France last year, the exact same subject called Marguerite. Um, if you like for Florence Foster Jenkins, and it's you know it's Meryl, so it's it's got to have some something to it. Um, I I really encourage you to go find Marguerite on uh, on DVD and Blu-ray. It won a couple of. Uh, I think they're called the Cesars, the the French equivalent of the Oscars. The woman won Best Actress. So anyway, it's uh, you have two versions of the same story coming out. Just one's in English and has Meryl, and the other's in French. So anyway, Florence Foster Jenkins opens this weekend. We also have a remake of Pete's Dragon, um, which... Uh, I, from what I've heard, it looks cool, and hopefully more people will see it than the 1977 original. Technology has come a long way since 77. So at the very least, you have a dragon, and you have Bryce Dallas Howard and Robert Redford and Carl Urban. Um, also getting a lot of good press, more than I thought, and there's some fun write-ups. The, anim- the R-rated animated film Sausage Party that is written, co-written and voiced with Seth Rogen. It is produ- one of the producers, of course, is Ira Glass. No, that's Don't Think Twice. Never mind. Uh, but it has a lot of famous voices, including Michael Sarah, James Franco, Jonah Hill, Salma Hayek, Bill Hader, uh, Danny McBride, Craig Robinson, uh, Edward Norton, Kristen Wiig, and Paul Rudd. Now, also opening in theaters is a film produced by Ira Glass and written and directed and also starring Mike Birbiglia called Don't Think Twice, which is about an improv troupe and what happens when... Fame comes a calling. Uh, Jillian Jacobs and Keegan Michael Key are parts of that ensemble as well. Also, ladies and gentlemen, next weekend is Fringe Indie Fringe Festival, which is happening at several locations. But uh, since I have Tom and I have Dustin here, um, you guys get the floor at first to plug the dates and the times for Calder the musical. Well, uh, Fringe opens uh, next week, and it uh, uh, runs over ten days, over three hundred venues or. 300 shows and seven venues. We're working on the 300. Yeah, on Mass you, Ave. You just gave a certain and, somebody a heart attack. Yeah, and 300 you, theaters, the, that's uh, too much the postcard has the dates on that I handed you, so could I have that so I could read them, or would you like to? I okay. can read it. Well, we can both read them. So, no, you go and, ahead. Yeah, we have Friday, August 19th at 9 p.m. That's when we open. Saturday, August 20th at 3 o'clock p.m. Sunday, August 21st at 4.30 p.m. Here you can read the rest. <laughs> Dustin. He's sharing. Look at that. That's great. That's a great collaborator. You know, uh, Tuesday, August twenty third at seven thirty. Wednesday, August twenty fourth at six. Uh, these are p.m. And Saturday, August twenty seventh at three p.m. at Theater on the Square on Mass Ave. And you can you can always get dinner or drink before or after. Absolutely, you you can, you can spend the entire day on Mass Ave. Yeah, you which can. Well you if should. you schedule it right, you could see up to four a day. I think on weekends, but uh, typically people. Try to take a break to have a cocktail or a meal. So it's a lot of fun. To and it's see a, see all the a family life. friendly show. So we've designed it for kids also. It's, so, it's you, know. you know, after years of living here, I can't tell you how satisfying it is to see street life on Mass Avenue, but you here, really here. see mm-hmm. it during French. Mm-hmm. It's potential. 
And it's quickly critical mass has happened, and like French, I think really had a lot to do with that. Absolutely, I mean, as you said, I mean, it's it's you could do an entire day of meals and drinks and camaraderie and live theater and mm-hmm. live local theater. So, mm-hmm. so I guess tell us about uh, how did you guys come up with uh, with Calder the musical? Well, we have a backstory that we tell over and over and over. So let me start. Well, you can do the long version we, here because we'll it's go NPR. Back <laughs> Yeah. Okay. No, well, okay, that's good. okay. So uh, Dustin and I met over a year ago. Uh, you know, I I write about the arts. I'm a, a theater critic, and that's why I can't see films. It's okay. We, we we dip into uh, stage sociology from time to time. But, you too. know, it's all I, right. I wrote I wrote about film at one time. I can't see films because I see theater all the time before So anyway, the, I, by the way, the live actors say thank you. Yeah, it's okay. all right. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, yes, uh, I met Dustin over a, a couple years ago. It's been almost two years at a Christmas party. We just really connected, and I invited him to join me. Uh, you know, I always have a, a plus one ticket, and so we started going to performing arts stuff and realized that we had similar tastes and values regarding performance and the arts in general. So uh, over time, uh, you know, uh, he st- Dustin will tell you what he does for the Orchard School, but one day he brought home this book, a children's book about uh, Alexander Calder called Sandy Circus, and he told me that they were doing a unit uh, on Alexander Calder, and I'll let you take it from here. So at first I thought, well, who is Calder? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I have no idea. I don't really know much about him. But this book was inspiring. The illustrations were so theatrical. And they asked me to write a play at the Orchard School um, at 64th and Spring Mill Road area. Mm-hmm. Great school uh, to be at for the arts. And I teach theater and choir there. So I wrote this children's play about the artist and then showed Tom this book I had found. And he said, well, this should be a musical. And there were, there were scenes in Paris in the 20s and 30s where he's making wire portraits. And I, I could just see... A big street scene with tap dancing and um, like a, almost like a Gene Kelly kind of style. An artist in Paris, I think. Yes. Something like that, yeah. And then he has this circus that he creates. And we thought, what if we bring his art to life? Like bring the circus, have him taking the circus out of this old suitcase. And then it goes into this real circus with actors and dancers and um, like a fantasy scene. Mm-hmm. So as we told his life, it just it all kind of fell in place. And I went to the piano and started writing melodies. And I've always loved making up shows even as a kid i would you know do talent shows my parents would come and pay money and be like oh this is great <laughs> well i when when i when i heard that there was going to be a musical based on an artist i think you you know for me i start thinking of other things you know like uh, like dali mm-hmm. or pollock yeah. Much darker musicals, I'm sure. If you were those, but so I wondered if you know, is it, how much of it is biography? How much of it is, like you say, bringing the art to life? I, of course, was thinking of a lot of wire work. Um, so how you know how did how did that process come about? Is with you two? We touch on his life. We, we you know we it's a French show, so it can only be 50 minutes. But I must tell you and our audience that this is a this is a preview because the full production will be staged and be. Or the world premiere will take place at the Indie Fringe Basile Theater starting the day after Thanksgiving. That's the world premiere of the full production. It will run for three weekends till December the 11th for now. So this is uh, an abbreviated version, and, and, and as such, but we highlight certain... There are five key highlights in his life that we touch upon or we try to touch upon, but... Uh, uh, of course, tracing his life—it's all uh, illustrated with with music and dance. We also have uh, 
it's an homage to, to, to him. And since we didn't want to um, risk uh, having to pay for licensing fees and all of that stuff, you don't actually see any pictures of his art. Okay, or that was, was going to be the next question from the legal so we, standpoint. We've hired an illustrator, a very talented illustrator by the name of Laura Hildreth, and she has created uh, what will be projected on the screen, and we have Ben Dobler, who is the best projectionist sound guy or sound designer in town, and he is doing some animation on the illustration. So these illustrations will, you know, uh, there will be there will be locations and representations of his art. So that is, you know, just part of what we consider to be a tribute to Calder by way of visual art, the performing. He, he was a performing art artist himself. When he, when he did these miniature circuses, he would pull out these figures and actually do full-scale circus shows. So like an intense Punch and Judy almost. Yeah. That's right. It's interesting what you say about uh, his life and conflict and, you know, being at the children's show. And, and we thought, well, we can't produce it just – a children's show, especially for Fringe, you know, it needs to have other elements. So we added in some um, parts of his life. You know, every life has darker moments, and um, there's times where he's struggling, and there's a fire at his art studio that burns everything. And, um, you know, being a musical, we did take some artistic license in some of those dramatic parts. But we found out that he was bullied. Yeah. That was a very part of his story. Yeah, so a kid, making you know, jewelry and, and you know clothes and dolls for his sister and that sort of thing. Uh, that's a 2016 subject as well. Still, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, as it turns out, he he was bullied, and you know, like a lot of artists, he expressed his pain through his art. Yeah, how, how, how dare he, you express yourself in an artistic manner, right? Yeah, yeah. I, we, we know those schools, and, and we were even able to create a song out of that, which I think will really touch people, and and I think a lot of people who have already heard. Some of our music say it's very relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to make the songs catchy. You know, I, when I wrote the music, I thought, let's. let's I want people to let, with that old Broadway feeling when they leave the theater and they're humming the songs. Sure. You know, catchy and um, so the themes we came up with to make this relatable to all ages was the power of imagination, which I think even adults can enjoy that, and we all like to escape from everyday stress. Our cubicles, stress. yeah. And the idea that art can promote uh, peace, hope, and harmony in, a, in an evil world. He tries to create a world that's, that's free from evil, which in today's times, you know, can be relatable. Yeah, so. Our tagline, you know, Arthur Miller was Alexander Calder's uh, neighbor in Connecticut. Oof. And we saw a documentary on American Masters, FYI. Aired it, I'm Thank sure. Thank you. Yes, PBS, <laughs> and it was an excellent. Thanks to you, no. It was an excellent introduction to his life in a documentary format. It won a lot of awards, but in that documentary, Arthur Miller, uh, you know, was quoted several times. There were several sound bites in which he talked about his friendship to Calder, and he was quoted. He quoted. Uh, uh, I quote. We quoted him, and and. And our script and it became our tagline: Calder mm-hmm. creates a world in which there is no evil. And given what's going on in the world with the political discourse and war and terrorism and such, I think you know we have a pretty timely uh, show that I think people could really grasp onto. It's it's an opportunity to have some artistic artistic expression and communication that's beyond monosyllabic. Mm-hmm. Well, and we thought to show the value of art. I mean, sometimes art... You mean the, the first thing that's always cut out of every school every, program right? ever? I know, as a as an arts teacher. Um, yeah. And hoping that kids, you know, we can educate the audience, but we also want to inspire them. You know, he talks, he sings a song in the show about following a path of what his passion is and... Um, 
not being yeah so yeah it's been interesting uh uh as we go about for the last year you know we've been promoting this on facebook given my news background i know a thing or two about rolling out <laughs> thank you tom <laughs> <the> project <laughs> we Kudos. appreciate that so in any, case, to him. in any case though, always be hustling <laughs> educating the public about who calder is we've been doing that here but Obviously, there are a lot of people who who know their art, who've had an art history course. They knew who Calder is, mm -hmm. but for those who don't, I usually just start out. Well, you know the mobiles that you know over your baby's crib. He invented those. Mm -hmm. it's, oh, okay, Ta -da. and that immediately opens the door. It's just amazing because that's what he did. He took that that idea. He was the first to make art move, and and it came as a result of the fact he had a, a mechanical engineering. Uh, degree, which his father insisted he get. His father was a sculptor, and he didn't want him to live hand to mouth like most artists do. So he said, "Get something practical, you know, mm -hmm. that, uh, a backup plan." And so he got a degree in that. But after some years of dead end jobs, which we, you know, we uh, depict in the show, mm -hmm. he realizes he has this moment. And Dustin wrote this incredible anthem, which I think is going to be our number one hit. Uh, and people seem to really respond to it. We made it very universal. It's about following your dreams and following your path. Tell them more about it. Actually, uh, before we do that, I, I do have one because you mentioned mobiles. Sammy, what was on your mobile as a <laughs> as a as a young ghoul? Oh, as a young ghoul, we had very interesting mobiles over our cribs, much like in Rosemary's Baby. You oh. get the crib. Cross and bones. Oh, yes. Dripping bones Skulls with and bones. flesh <laughs> that drops down and actually nourishes the youngster. Bats. Spiders. Oh, yeah, bats of can fly by themselves, but certainly the spiders would shimmy up and down their web, tickling the baby, entertaining the child, yeah. so we could go about our feasting. By the way, we're talking about the original Rosemary's Baby, not the thing that was on cable yeah. last year. So just point of that. And, and this is a contradiction. I mean, a world without evil here with our show, and then we have this. I mean, he's, my gosh. He's not evil. He's just drawn that way. I know. He's fun He's fun evil, but, you know. Yeah. We would, should have would, him in our show. I mean, that, would that could be, add I, some darkness. I believe that would be fun evil. So. Fun evil. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sorry. You were saying this. We, we could add him to our show and make some, you know, some darker moments. Wouldn't be him. the first play he was involved in. Huh? That's, really, that's, that's true. true. We'll get to that in a little bit. So anyway, does continue. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, Tom said it all. That that song, A Path to Follow, we hope that uh, we want the audience to leave feeling inspired. You know, maybe I should do what I really like to do. And well, yeah, what yeah, makes like, you happy how, how in you, life, right? How do you write a musical? Okay, that song, 17 revisions at last count. Mm. 17. And Dustin helped me to understand that, you know, if we want a song that everyone can relate to. And, you know, I wrote it as a plot driven. It was all about you know, there's there's a whole lot. This is my first time, uh, you know, writing lyrics. You know, I'm a writer, of course, and I, I, that I, that's something I want to touch on. When Dustin sat down <clears throat> and uh, at his piano after he we decided that we need to do this musical, we were like Mickey and Judy. Let's put on a show, right? And we with we less did. barbiturates. We yeah. immediately yeah. started to write at that moment. That really happened, and he sat down at his piano and started. Coming up with this composition, I was thinking, like I normally do, okay, I feel a reinvention coming on. I feel a reinvention coming on. See, I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. I bet you I could write lyrics. I've never done that, but I and write about theater. Yep. I must be. I probably could. 
So I said to yeah. Dustin. So I hired him on the spot. So I said to Dustin, <laughs> you know what? I think, do you know any lyricists? You should get a lyricist because this. I thought, you know what? I'm a, I'll write the lyrics. What do you think about that? And so, Tin Pan Alley was born. And we were off yeah. to the races. You know, that, that's, that's a true story. Excellent. But, yeah. And so now we have 16 cast members. We have five creative. We have choreographer, costume designer. And it's just You it's know, Marielle so Greenlee from oh, yeah. She's yeah. our choreographer. You can't get any better than Marielle You got an all-stars Greenlee. team there. Ben Dobler, best, as I said earlier, best projection and sound guy. We have Ashley Kiefer, mm-hmm. costumer. She worked at the Phoenix Theater for five oh, seasons. Yeah. And last night we had our first costume fitting. It was so exciting to to see our actors trying on those costumes and that's part of our vision and she was able to you know to translate that you have a murderer's row of uh, of local artists not that murderer's row sammy or the other <laughs> murderer's row darn ba- baseball in sport in radio anyway um yes so anyway just a reminder that is happening friday the 19th at 9 p.m saturday the 20th at 3 p.m sunday the 21st at 4 30 p.m Tuesday the 23rd at 7.30 p.m., Wednesday the 24th at 6 p.m., and Saturday the 27th at 3 p.m. at Theater on the Square. So that's cool. Um, I do have to do this because I have to go home eventually. Um, There's a lot of shows going on at Fringe. Uh, There's a show called Elsie and Francis and the Fairies. It happens to be directed by Lynn Perkins. We know her as Mrs. Sosi. Um, that is happening on uh, Friday the 19th at 7.30 p.m., Sunday the 21st at 1.30 p.m., Tuesday the 23rd at 9 p.m., Thursday the 25th at 6 p.m., Saturday the 27th at 9 p.m., and Sunday the 28th at 3 p.m. at the Phoenix Main Stage. And this is a show that's directed by my wife, features some students from Earlham College, as well as uh, our finest co-production, uh, my daughter Emma. So uh, there's we will there's go a, see it. We will. Very we cool. Will. I've seen. I think there's there are posters up. Yeah. Good. Somebody's out seen. and running. <laughs> yeah. So because yeah. it's not just me running around. We've no, been it's in, fine. I've, we've, I've been in every bathroom on Mass Ave hanging up posters for our show. So I. For business purposes only. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> so you're going to see posters everywhere. So. Cool. So, anyway, so come see it. Yeah, there's there's plenty of stuff. So you can go to indiefringe.org for all the shows and all the times. So mm-hmm. that's so anyway. There's plenty to see out there. Now, now, Sammy, I know is Sweeney Todd your favorite musical? <laughs> oh, I do enjoy that comedy because it's such a great cut. <laughs> uh, see, you like meat pies? You like meat pies? Of right? course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, it should, uh, full full disclosure. Sammy provided the curtains, the recorded curtain speech in. Richmond Civic's production of Titus Andronicus oh. last year that mm. I was a part of. I bet of you you'd a... like uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, too, right? I love Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. God, in I fact, could go over Young the Frankenstein. The movie of that uh, would be Phantom of the Opera, maybe? What are all the dark musicals? Phantom of the Opera, probably, he would like, too. You know, of course. Wow, now here, <laughs> you didn't know you just did this, here's what we call a segue. So <laughs> we're going to move over here for a little bit with Sammy, and because uh, you, you have something coming up later this year involving Phantom of the Opera. 
In fact, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, as he said. Ah, shoot. You see, it will be at the Halloween festival that happens, the silent Halloween festival that happens at the Indiana Landmark Center in downtown Indianapolis. Their Halloween spectacular is Friday, October 28th, and there a wonderful organist will be there playing the large organ as Savvy Terry performs his stage show, as well as a game show with all of those that come and watch. So come see the silent movie of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde like it was originally done with a theater organ. And you'll also see me there as well Friday, October 28th. And you're at the State Fair? I most certainly am. Mm. Today or next week, depending, depending on when, you when to you're show. listening to yeah. this program, mm. I'll be performing <laughs> at the DNR Amphitheater that's in the northwest corner of the fair, back oh. by the fishing pond and the free stage. There I'll be performing the classic Sammy stage show and a game show with all of the audience members. So take your chances. Come be a contestant with Sammy Terry at the State Fair today, Saturday, August 13th, and next Friday, August 19th, at 5.30 at the amphitheater. You may be asked to be in my guillotine, and there you can lose five pounds of ugly fat. <laughs> you know, coincidentally, my last stage performance was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde at Theater on the Square, and I got murdered on stage. Lucky what? you. Yeah, I was stabbed to death, and I got to die on stage. I have this image of Sammy Terry walking around the state fair eating an elephant ear or something. Thing, yeah, actual know? actual elephants. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Peta, but that's a yeah. That, right. that absolutely, <laughs> deep fat fried with a little bit of cinnamon sugar. Well, it is protein, really, more than just a fried dough. If you do that, <laughs> Peta, don't send notes. We're just kidding. You know what? We actually know sarcasm and uh, speak sarcasm, uh-huh. unlike some folks that have no filter whatsoever. Uh-huh, yeah. no, nobody in this building. Of I wonder course. who that would be. Moving yes. on, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? Let's let's take a short break. Let's get our bearings and our bearings. We'll talk about what's new on video. We'll talk about what's happening at the drive-ins, and we'll continue talking with this trio. I love throwing Unlikely, people. Unlikely, though. Unlikely. But <laughs> yes. you know what? It's, it's the dirty, it it's it's the dirty three, so not the dirty dozen. Anyway, you're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. we 
Welcome back to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Socey. I'm hanging out with artists, uh, all kinds of artists and all kinds of skills. Uh, Tom Alvarez and Dustin Kleiner here, who are a part of, of course, Calder, the musical, which is a part of Fringe. Sammy Terry's over there. He's writing things down. I can't wait to hear this. But uh, there, there's a couple of things I do want to talk about before we get back to everyone's projects and whatever movies we've watched recently, because that's what we do here at Film Sociology. I do want to talk about the, there's a couple drive-ins coming up. I know you mentioned the skyline, Sammy. We'll get to that in a little bit. But over at the Tibbs drive-in this weekend, now occasionally we talk about odd pairings in in uh, with drive-ins, so we'll see how this goes. But uh, on screen one this weekend, we have a Suicide Squad. And then the thriller Lights Out. Um, two PG-13 movies that probably should have been rated R for both of those. Uh, so that's, anyway, that's there. And then we have um, Sausage Party and Bad Moms. <laughs> R-rated comedies. Those oh, fit, sure. Uh, then we have Jason Bourne and Ghostbusters. I think those are both Universal or Columbia or both. So there's that connection. Uh, and then we have Pete's Dragon and Finding Dory. Uh, two kid films, both PG. That's really about it there. So anyway, that's happening over at the Tibbs. Uh, over at the Skyline, we have, ah, guys and a few girls. Uh, the Margot Robbie uh, Festival is going on over at the Skyline. Of course, Suicide Squad. And then a film she did earlier this year, The Legend of Tarzan, where she played Jane. And uh, the Skyline, of course, is known for they'll, they'll do these uh, Suicide Squad will be at 9.15. Uh, Tarzan will be at 11.30. And then at 1.30 in the morning, they always seem to pull a film out of the archives. Somebody owns a 35-millimeter print of it, and they just got to show it at late, late hours. So at 1.30 in the morning, depending on when you listen to this, from 1980, Pick Up Summer, also known as Pinball Summer. Ooh, to- alternative titles already. Let's see. Let's go through this. Um, do you do kids today think of anything but cruising around, playing games, and quote unquote making out? Mm-hmm. Not the kids from this suburban town who decide to live it up when the school lets out Chief Cruisers and Greg and his buddy Steve. Their targets: two bouncy, fun-loving sisters, Donna and Susie. Their hangouts: OJ's Drive-In. Where the gang meets and meet and eat and Pete's Arcade, a cast of colorful characters and cl- oh god, so yeah, this is. Is anybody in this that I know? No. Um. So let me guess. Uh, sex teen comedy from 1980, which probably has 20 something actors playing high school students. See also, <laughs> Stalker Channing in Greece. No. Um. So anyway, that's happening at 1:30 <laughs> in the morning at the Skyline Drive-In. So guys, I'm. I guess I'm asking because I. You guys might not be old enough to to remember drive-ins. I'm being very yeah, complimentary, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no. And I bring this up because somebody uh, on the show many moons ago got to see. And this was the early '80s. This was when the Dudley Moore film Arthur came out, and some drive-in because back then you could show older titles, especially on the second end of the bill. But they decided to team together Arthur and the Dudley Moore comedy Ten. Which I'm guessing they were hoping kids probably fell asleep in the second half of that. But have you guys ever experienced uh, odd pairings at drive-ins that you can remember? Gosh, 
you know, maybe Tom has. When I, I all, all the drive-ins were closing when I was growing up. It's a lost art. Man. You really there's there's I mean, two still in the state. Well, in the central part of the state. Yeah, I, I think they're great. I there's love, one in Bloomington as well, which we'll get to in a little bit. I love but, going. Uh, well, just, I'm a child of the '50s and '60s, so that was a big part of my childhood. I got so many great memories, but I can't. But nothing uh, as far as odd pairings. I can't remember odd pairings, but I'm sure I experienced some. That's yeah, and funny. I think somebody has has experienced odd pairings at the drive-in. Sammy, I noticed you were writing stuff down. What do you got over there? Of course. Well, for all of the decades the Savvy Terry's been appearing at drive-ins, I stay up on the nighttime festivities. Some of my very favorite pairings was the great aquatic feature Jaws paired with a farewell to arms. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and of course, if things get a little bit hairy in your world, we were watching the Wolfman paired with the Hairy Ape. Oh, that way. That actually might have happened. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's for all of our PETA people out there. Nice furry creatures. With hummus. Exactly. And of course, Salsa. the diabolical Don Knotts apple dumpling gang with I spit on your grave. Oh, no. <laughs> what, what drive-in did that happen at? Oh, some Indiana drive-in. Leave it to the Hoosiers. Gosh. Now, did I hear right, Sammy? You have a, you have a drive-in gig in Bloomington. Later this year. That is correct. As we get close to my birthday and Halloween. On, on Saturday, October 22nd, I will be at the Starlight Drive-In in Bloomington, Indiana. Yes. Oh, there I'll be doing a stage show, a game show, and a Scream Queen contest. So everyone should get their pipes ready to scream your guts out as wow. we enjoy a couple horror movies just before Halloween. And there you can see all of the horrible things Sammy has to offer. But long before that, in this month, on August 23rd, Friday night, I will be in Shelbyville at the Skyline Drive-In's Super Monster Movie Fest. It's a whole weekend of horrible films, and I'll be there performing on Friday night. So make sure you bring all of your children, bundle them up in the car, August 23rd, Saturday. Saturday, come experience the Sammy Terry stage show. I might use my guillotine to chop off one of your little one's heads, and then you can enjoy five <laughs> movies that night. What are, what are the five? Do you know? The five movies I do know. One of my all-time great Amityville horror. The original, right? Mm. The original. Thank you. Always. Mm -hmm. James yeah. Brolin, Margot uh, Margo Kidder, mm -hmm. and everyone's favorite cinematic priest, Rod Steiger. Oh, yeah. There's a mass. <laughs> That's followed by the great Vincent Price in mm. House on Haunted Hill. Very cool. Very followed good. Followed by House by the Cemetery. Your a home. A littler known one. That's right. And after that, the Abbott and Costello great hilarious horror film, Hold That Ghost. And of course, when you are up at 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning, you don't care that it's Abbott and Costello. You're just glad your eyelids don't close. Because, of course, I will be there to make sure if they do... 
I'll just get an extra typo cocktail that night. <laughs> but the last film, starting around 4.30 in the morning, is The Hillbillies in a Haunted House. A lot of our Hoosiers oh up at 4.30 in the morning will relate to that. <laughs> is that the one? John Carradine and... <laughs> that is correct. And, um, it is. Ni- no, not Nigel Hawthorne. Um, Basil Rathbone. You are so good oh with the great gosh. movie classics. You should have your own film talk show. Thanks, Sammy. I'll look into that. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but I'll be at the Skyline August 23rd, Saturday. Bring all of your children and your entire family to experience horror at the drive-in. Now, didn't you You mentioned the place down in Bloomington. Wasn't that, uh, back, in, back in my day, wasn't that the uh, drive-in that... Probably showed films like Pickup Summer on a regular basis. <laughs> That's right. Back in the 1970s, when the little naked munchkins would run uh. between the quads at IU, <laughs> the Boomington place to be was the Starlight Drive-In. Or Boobington place, for that matter. <laughs> See, I, I, I remember, I grew up in Michigan, and there was there was a, uh, a drive-in. I wish I could remember what it was called. I'm sure I could find out, but it was off of I-75, uh-huh. which is a good place to put it. And uh, this, was the, this was the drive-in that we would always pass about halfway through our trip from Flint to Detroit for uh, for Tiger Stadium for ball games, so you know there were certain certain times of the summer where I would ask Dad to slow down, actually drive the speed limit, mm. and uh, maybe check the tires to see if they were uh, f- inflated correctly because mm. there's a you know there's a 75 foot something happening on the big screen and we should we should really check that out. So I'm from Fort Wayne. Does anyone know Sammy? Have you ever been to Fort Wayne? Any drive-ins? Are there still any around up there? Ah, uh, currently I don't know about the drive-ins up there, or you see my show. Even though it's been all over the state, it goes from Richmond to Terre Haute, down to Cincinnati, and almost to Evansville. It never crept north to hit Terre oh, Haute. Well, hmm. or, you said Terre Haute or Fort Wayne? Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Um, let's, Fort Wayne, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's all out of the <laughs> 76, anyway, uh, 765 land. But no, uh, you got the Auburn Garrett drive-in. Which I believe is still, yeah, it's That's still open. Close. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I, I, yeah, hot. Hot clicking computer action right now on the film show. Yeah. Well, that's why you're just the best fat checker, <laughs> FYI, right? Thank you. Yeah, Steven <laughs> says so. Uh, yeah, I think Auburn Garrett Drive In is still happening in uh, in Fort Wayne. So, okay. In, in, uh, yeah, Garrett, Indiana. So that's, that's fairly close. So, um, okay. <laughs> We digress. We do digress a little bit. Actually, I've got one more. We'll get back to the. We'll get back to the guys. I know uh, you are going to be on some form of television in October as well. Oh, that's right. Two other things that I've already booked for this October season, of course. This year, make sure on Saturday, October 29th, that's the Saturday before Halloween, bring all of your little munchkins down to Irvington, the near east side part of Indianapolis. There, they are celebrating their 70th anniversary of their Halloween festival. The longest-running Halloween festival in all of America, in Irvington, area of Indianapolis. There I'll be, in the parade. I'll also have a booth to get my picture taken with you. And, of course, George, my good fiend, will be there with me to meet and greet you. So make sure you come to the Irvington Halloween Festival, Saturday, October 29th. It runs all day long for your amazement. And later that evening when you go home, 
at 6 p.m. And for the following six hours, make sure you turn your television over to WTTV 4.2, the digital channel. There you'll see Sammy Terry hosting three horror films on TV for my 70. 54th Halloween special. <laughs> I'm so excited to get to 70. I can't wait. But my 54th Halloween television special will be on Saturday, October 29th, from 6 p.m. until midnight. I'll be showing Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie remake, the Night of the Living Dead, and the Evil Dead. So make sure you join me on TV for my television special. Is that the original Night of the Living Dead? That is correct. Mm, black original. and white. Shot in s- fact, it's the collector's edition that has a deleted scene that's been put in. Shot in uh, outside of Pittsburgh? And actually, we should say, uh, I, I don't think i got to mention this, but last month, speaking of Pittsburgh, a longtime TV host, Bill Cardile, Bill Cardile had passed away, best known as horror show host Chili Billy. So, Chili uh, Billy. So Sky Chili points Billy. Chili Billy on that one. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, we got 4.2. So, so this, I'll just put it this way. If you're listening to this show... You have no excuse to not see 4.2. Because you understand the digital fringe. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. As I hear this, I'm thinking, Tom, that we should do Sammy Terry the Musical. Oh, gosh. Now you've done it. Now you've started this. Let's talk. talk. I'll have you to the dungeon, but I'll even let you leave. (laughs) Even worse, he has no lawyer. He deals with his contracts himself. Okay. Absolutely. George could be a character, and we could write a song for George. I could see the production numbers. Right now. It would have to be high notes for George. <laughs> it would yes. be, have to be high notes. Uh-huh. George has been around for a long time. He's aged well. He's yeah. been with me since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. He was going to come with me today, Matthew. But he did have another engagement. <laughs> but he's been hanging around with me a lot recently. You see, it's very sad. He recently broke up with his girlfriend. Oh, she yeah. was a beautiful black widow spider. But of course, if you know anything about black widows, when you break off that relationship, you best hit the high road quickly. <laughs> so Sammy Terry has George the Spider with me at all of my venues this a, year. There's a musical, Kiss of the Spider Woman. That was done. Yeah. That was done. Mm-hmm. Um, a film, too. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, speaking of, do you know who re- originally wanted to play the William Hurt character? Who? Burt Lancaster. Oh, so uh, I own I own oh, the wow. DVD of this. I got to this. see Cheetah Rivera do that role on Broadway. Ooh, yeah. how'd that go? Oh, it was fantastic. So, yeah, if I was at the drive-in, I missed that. <laughs> you know what? I want to. Well, actually, I would love to see a drive-in that shows Kiss of the Spider Woman. But mm-hmm. that is that is, that of course. I, I tried getting financing for my art house drive-in theater. It didn't go well. Uh-huh. Apparently, popcorn and hot dogs to go don't go well with Fellini and Bergman films and Kiss of the Spider. You know, Woman. you asked me what I remember about the drive-in. Yeah. I don't remember uh, show combinations, but I do remember those trailers about going to the. Uh, you know, to the uh, snack bar, oh, the, snack the, bar. Singing, the singing snacks, the walking yes. hot dogs, yes. and, and ladies and gentlemen. Spe- speaking of the sausage party, no, there actually is a legit one of a of a of a Frankfurter hopping into a, uh, a thing of bread. <laughs> you don't have to be Fellini to figure that one out, but yeah, that actually happened, folks. Yeah. 
uh, unironically. By the way, Sausage Party opens this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while, while we're uh, – just a, just a reminder that a Fringe Festival is happening uh, starting on the 18th? The yes. 18th. So you can go to IndieFringe.org. And, of course, I have to mention Elise and Francis and the Fairies mm-hmm. is running at the Phoenix Main Stage uh, the 19th, the 21st, the 23rd, the 25th, the 27th, and 28th. That is directed by my wife, Lynn perkins Sosi. features several Earlham performers, Earlham students, as well as my daughter, Emma. And it's funny. I go to IndieFringeFestival.com uh, to print out information because I'm the husband. Dot org. Dot org. Sorry. Why do I have... Oh, I have the production. No, 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 no. It is it is .org, org, but my printout says Ah. .com. Just go to IndieFrench.org. It's all good. Pauline, everything's cool. But uh, (laughs) but getting information on this, I get the you know connect with us genres, and 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 there's a warning, and it says family friendly. Yeah. So we're definitely family friendly. And can I say you can find us on Facebook, please, Twitter. Instagram and Snapchat. Absolutely. So, and uh, Calder and the musical, and it's happening on Friday the nineteenth, Saturday the twentieth, Sunday the twenty-first. A theater on the square, most importantly. Exactly. Tuesday the twenty-third, Wednesday the twenty-fourth, and Saturday. And and of course, like you, like you said, you're gonna. This is gonna be having its world premiere a little later this year. So if you see it now, you can be those people at the theater going, "Yeah, I saw it. Fringe. It's it's grown." It's a preview. Right. Or I didn't get into Fringe. I couldn't get in, so now I have to see this. <laughs> we, see the- we want to make sure that Hopefully. people know it's not the whole thing. It's a 50-minute abbreviated version. Okay, so I was saying, I was, I was saying yep. so you, this Which is, is a snippet of a complete product that's yeah. already yeah. Ah, see, that's, yeah. that's And it was hard for us to cut it out. I mean, cutting things out, I don't know. Sammy Terry might not have an issue with that. but He loves editing. Yeah, <laughs> he loves that. But it was hard for us to cut things you've created. So it's uh Okay, you know, so it's I would necess- say, um, I say, how did that, how long did that process take to whittle it down to fringe size? Actually, we're still doing that. Yeah. <laughs> we cut out 20 minutes the other night, and then we ran through it and again. And we yelled at each other again. in arguments. No, I'm just kidding. And, we become the Bickersons. Uh, yes. Oh, nice times. radio reference yeah. there. Yeah, right. You know the Bickersons? I know the yeah. Bickersons. Uh, John and Madge? Uh, not recently, <laughs> but yeah. They're fun. Yeah. Uh, nice. No, it's very difficult. We're very close to this work, you know, and every single word I've written, every single note that he's written, you become very protective of your material, but at yeah. some point... You know, for Fringe, it has to be fifty, right? Because so you have to. Because you have, not only do you have to finish a show, you got to haul off whatever you need to get right. on. That's right. That way, the new group can get their thing on. Mm-hmm. So but, you know, I, I think we have uh, an embarrassment of riches. So you know, I think that whatever we cut, we're still going to have lots of good stuff. You know, and hopefully, mm-hmm. it'll be kind of editing that will drive people. To, oh God, what 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 what's not in here that I need to see exactly in the full production. First one's not quite free, but you get a you get a good taste anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So well, I thank say, you for having us to talk about it. Oh, show's not over yet, but that's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if we're, if we're if we're switching gears to cemetery, I can't wait to go to this Irvington Halloween festival. Is that what it is? That's my neighborhood, Irvington. I'm I I love Irvington, and that festival is really puts on the map. I've heard about so, it. Uh, we will see you in that parade with all the dogs with. Tutus on and all the animals, the little kids. There's no prey like it. And I heard there's lots of haunted houses in that neighborhood. Yeah, a lot of murders certainly are. Aren't you an urban Tony? No, no. I just, I just. Apparently, I give off the aura of well, it. You so you seem you. like you could, you could fit right in. Now, well, I, I well. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? because because you're you're artistic, is what eccentric. It's eccentric. that's all right. It's it's yeah, the Leonard Zelig in me. It's, yeah. I appreciate. Well, you that. know, it was, it was founded by 
people, there are a lot of artists and craftsmen in Irvington. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, actually, that was, um, while we're while we're in shameless plugging, because this is sh- plug sociology, because um, <laughs> I know you guys have your shows, and my daughter and wife have their show. I'm I'm going to be in a play at the end of September in uh, at Richmond Civic. And uh, it's it's it, it is not as monumental as it sounds or looks, but I'm going to be playing the judge in Richmond Civic's production of A Few Good Men. Oh, so wonderful. that means that means for those those who know me, um, yeah, the hair's got to go. So mm-hmm. after after having, <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting any of it, Sam. <laughs> That's like cutting the hair off of Samson. Uh, yeah, the, prob- the problem is it's gone. for me. It's Irving Sampson. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not even Ralph Sampson. Hey, but, we uh, need some. We need a wig for our Alexander Calder as a 78 year old. Could seriously? we have some of that hair? I'm serious. Oh my God! We Let's might chop to, like, his head off. We can now. use it as a weed. <laughs> You're giving him ideas. Tom. We could use it as a weed. Oh my God! Yo, great. Yeah, because I don't know who wants to look like Emmy Lou Harris with this hair, but um, no, because I'm, I've, no. Uh, I've, I've, I've been talking to. I'm trying to get in touch with a couple different organizations. I didn't know until. Recently, Locks of Love is yeah. is geared specifically toward children, mm-hmm. so I didn't know. So I take back some of the stuff I was grumbling about. But I thought, yeah. And looking back, I'm like, yeah. What what child who's already endured cancer really wants to look with salt and pepper, lamb chop, Jufro <laughs> hair? So I I understand. But I, I don't think there are any silver fox kids. Wow, thank you. Around. Well, they're not in my house. <laughs> we but very, uh, well, we have very good wigs in the show. I want well, to tell everybody that. You know, if you don't. You know, no, but please see go see their show, but don't ask them if it's my hair. Just don't don't do that. <laughs> but no, we're working on. Uh, um, anyway, I'm talking to a couple of folks about maybe doing a shearing of some kind. But mm-hmm. I know the guys the the guys in the cast. I think they're going to talk to the uh, the Richmond Palladium item about doing a photo shoot of the uh, of the group shearing. But mm-hmm. mine mine will be the biggest. I so. see a lot of you know those uh, relics that get passed around. From yeah, we Saints. got one right here. It's yeah. Sammy. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Your hair could be sold as relics of Matthew Saucy. Right? Oh gosh. Yeah, I'll just send it to my exes. <laughs> no. Um so yeah, I've had a good run with the the long hair. Had the beard until uh December. But uh six plays in three years looking like looking like, you know, this that's mm. that's not a bad run, so I'm ready for a so change. So sounds like you were a lot of. Ha- I knew you were a director, but I didn't know you were an actor. Yeah, as well. um, let's see. I did. Uh, well, I direct once a year at uh, at uh, <laughs> at Scottish Rite. Yeah, which you, which you help me out for yeah. that. So I do that once a year. Um, let's see. With this hair, I did um, Benedict in Much Ado About Nothing. At the first Richmond Civic Fe- Richmond Shakespeare Festival, mm-hmm. um, then uh, Mor- Professor Moriarty in Sherlock Holmes: The Final Adventure at Richmond Civic, um, and then this this is the other thing I, I've mentioned. My lovely wife Lynn and my daughter Emma. When your when your wife works for college theater, um, there are times that you might have to come off the bench. So, case in point, I got to play the sea captain in Twelfth Night at uh, at Earlham. So, got to do that, and then uh, Sammy and I and everybody else worked together on uh, Titus Andronicus. Um, mm. Our director Josh uh, wanted to do it as a horror film, mm-hmm. so uh, a we bloody figured, good time. Yes, your favorite Shakespeare play, Sammy, and mm-hmm. uh, and Sammy was. Sammy donated his talents as the curtain speech. So we figured if you haven't figured out by now the tone of this play, mm, well, yeah, well, we can't help you. So you're kind of a standby townie, it sounds like. <laughs> sure. That's something <laughs> like that. So I did played Saturninus in that, did the Exonerated at Earlham, 
And then, uh, and then, yeah. So now doing, uh, and then there was also a charity production of a Christmas Carol, where I got to play Scrooge, had to mm-hmm. lose half the beard so I wouldn't look like Shylock Scrooge, but mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. So, and then after that play, I, I, I kind of got a subtle hint from Mrs. Sosi of uh, giving the facial hair a, a sabbatical. So, have you seen that film Independence Day? There's a there's a scientist, an, um, an alien scientist who has hair that's in the, sort of in it, the original or the remake. I believe it's. The original. Okay. But it reminds me of that look, too. A well, little thank bit. you. That's, mm-hmm. this is, I, I always say the first, I look great the first 20 minutes out of the shower because it's it's longer. Please don't give us that visual, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> this is a horrible show. That's why you're here, man. <laughs> so, Sammy, do you, Sammy, do you ever run out of puns? I was just wondering. <laughs> oh, no. I'll take puns anywhere I can get them. <laughs> He does. He has a. He has his coffins filled with them. So. Files, files, files. Yeah, <laughs> actual files, not computer files. We don't do I'm that stuff. Morgue anymore. files, more like it. Those drawers are much more satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so yeah, that's so that's happening there. So I would say when did when did you guys start creating the musical? How far back does it that's go? A great it's been uh April of last year, so it's been over a year. Okay. April yeah. Dustin was you were just finishing up the school year. Yeah, so we've done a lot in a short period of time actually. Yeah. That's a lot of work for a short period of time, just mm-hmm. one year to bring Well, it to you know, production. most people tell you, oh, it takes fifteen years of what we're certainly focused we're focused on and having the show in Indianapolis and having it be successful here, we're not thinking beyond that. But when you talk about people who try to get shows at Broadway, they always say 10 to 15 years. And we even had someone, we had, it was kind of a backhanded compliment, but they said, don't you guys think you're going a little bit too fast? Well, you know. Is what does there, that mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, you know, you could get hit by a Guinness truck tomorrow. I mean, you have to do things now, you know. And you bonus to, points for saying a Guinness truck. And That's this is good. a guy who's, <laughs> a, who's kind of a seize, seize the moment kind of guy, and he's telling us, well, do you think you guys maybe are, like, moving too fast? What is this, Margo and All About Eve? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Put on your exactly. seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Bumpy ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay. So I guess since this is a uh, a, a sample, getting ready for the show, how many shows are in? How many songs are in the sample compared to how many are in the full production? That's a good question. I would say six songs in the in the preview, and then we'll probably have close to ten or eleven in the final. We still have to write more script and more songs, and they're up there simmering around. Two songs or right so now more. for French. We. You know, we're, we have to present this abbreviated version, but we're, we still have work to do. for the, And it's like a workshop. It's, that's mm-hmm. why it's so ideal, the situation. It's like a big commercial, and we'll be able to get audience feedback and get a sense of what people like. Oh, okay. What doesn't work. So it's really so you're gonna, you, is there So you'll do, a, like, a, a mixing session afterwards? Um, Q&A or, I mean. I, I, oh, no, no, no. Oh, we'll I just see. get a sense of word of mouth because that's what that's what people find at French, the shows that you want to see. Usually it's word of mouth. Uh, I, I Pauline will kill me if I say this, but it's true. You know, you don't know what you're getting into when you go to French, you know. But I think I th- even. It's a hit or miss. Right. But I think going in and, you know, this this is a film show and we, you know, we know trailers. We've seen trailers mm-hmm. and you kind of, you know, there's a lot of trailers that give away the film. 
And it, it's very rare, at least for me. I mean, as, as a critic, I, I see two to three films a week. Not this week. Mm-hmm. But, but normally I know pretty much what I'm seeing as I go in. It is rare for me to sit down, the lights are going down, and I have no clue what I'm going to experience. Mm-hmm. And I love when that happens. Great. It really is. And now, look, now, folks, I know it's your time, it's your dollars, um, you know, it, it, Getting a sitter, getting a dog sitter, whatever. But I think you know it. I understand it's scary, maybe at times. Hey, Sammy, it's scary at times too, as far as taking a chance on something you don't know anything about or little about. Take the chance. That's why we have film festivals here in town. That's why we have theater festivals like Absolutely. Fringe here in town. That's why we have uh, HD channels for Sammy in town. You know, exactly. I want to give a plug to all the people who like Dustin and me in town. We really do have um, something going on in Indianapolis, original work. You know who Ben Essequie is. Oh, yeah. Other people, Hi, Ben. There are a lot of us doing original work. Mm-hmm. We've got an Gregory incubator. Hancock, who just we've, got a, work. we've got an incubator going on in, in, in central Indiana of a lot of artists who are creating good original I'm a critic, as you know. Yes. So I've gone over to some would say the dark side, some would say the light side, but I don't think who knows better than me about wait my, till the critics review our show. My now. bird's eye <laughs> view of what art is happening here, and I, I I happen to know there's a lot of original work that's being done here. It's very exciting, exactly. And we didn't plan to be part of this, but here we are. So we want to support our fellow. Well, artists and if anything, too. it's nice to come out just to support local artists, mm-hmm. you know, because if we don't, they'll go elsewhere, right? Now, Tom, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna back you on this. I uh, as far as making reference to the, the dark side, first off, Sammy, stand. Out of the incubator. <laughs> Stop making omelets. But um, I, you know, yeah, I direct plays and I act in plays. Now I, I review films, but um, there is always I always hear from folks from now every now and then that will say that critics are frustrated artists. Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing it, mm-hmm. so shut up. Yeah. So yeah. So there's a part of me that besides the the artistic expression, the stuff that I like to be, I I love performing on stage. I love directing. I love writing. Well, like and you, I think I, it's a balance. It's a balance of that. I I I wear lots of hats. I'm mm-hmm. an actor. Yeah. I've you know I've been in television. I direct. That's a different animal. But you know I. I'm f- I feel very confident. Why not? I yeah. mean, why not expand your interests as an artist and try different things? And, and you, I think you experience it from a different <clears throat> point of view, especially if you've been on the stage. Especially, if and you I have think as a critic, a you know, as an actor, you know that what uh, what you're saying when you are critiquing someone else's work, you pay very much attention to detail. I think it gives me a leg up. Yeah, and it gives you know the process. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the the different points of view from that. And there there are audience members that are, as I've always said, there are sitters and there are thinkers. Mm-hmm. Sitters will sit and let it wash over them, and then they go on to their next thing, and that's cool. And thinkers, you're analyzing it. You're wondering what was the process, what was what was the director thinking, and I don't think that distracts. I know you hear. Uh, I know film composers, for example, they say if you know the music, then then the film the composer didn't do its job. I don't think that's entirely true. Mm-hmm. Bernard Herman, John Williams, Ennio Morricone, um, you know, I can't help but hum the good, the bad, and the ugly, or the, the ecstasy of those are composers that I love. Yeah. I, right. I was about to say that just John Williams. I mean, those melodies they make such an impact on the film. Exactly. So I think they're. I, I understand where they're going, but I think. From watching it, and and you're you know how this was made, or you have an idea of how this was made. I don't think that's distracting in 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 that case. Something how, something bad is distracting. Don't you find it very fulfilling as a critic, as a journalist, as we've been to be able to express yourself as an artist yourself? I mean, it's really hard. All the years I've been writing about other people's work, 
finally I get to do my own, and it's just it's so it's fun. I I mean, like I said, I I enjoy directing. It's even better when I get paid to direct. <laughs> um, you know, and that ha- kind of balances out the acting stuff I do for for the thrill of it. A few good men is going to be a lot of fun with a lot of guys. You know, but I did I my first Shakespeare. I was forty four. And I never in a million years thought I would ever play Benedict in, in Much Ado. And I got to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought I would, you know, I, my first time directing was back in 2001. And, you know, I did, I did my own script. And then I did an adaptation of uh, the Greek tragedy Medea. Hi, Jolene. Um, you know, and I thought I'd be going down that path. If you'd have told me I was directing, uh, I would be able to direct It's a Wonderful Life at yeah. Anderson, you know, and, and direct a radio play of Henry V. I'd, I'd have said you're crazy 10, 15 years ago. But well, conversely, I never, uh, I, a musical is never on my bucket list. Right. But directing a play was, and so I get to do that now. Dustin should tell you about who he's been influenced as a composer, film composers. Uh, you'll see a lot of his influence. You hear a lot of his influence in his music. You yeah, talk about you, that. It's, it's interesting you say John Williams because I I just love his music. Um, but a lot there's a lot of Broadway, sort of an homage to the old style of Broadway music that we've written a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that early Broadway, a lot of the Jewish composers, that style, and um, I've always loved the American Songbook. Also, you know, um, mm-hmm. standards and that kind of thing. So that's my style. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have we have about one minute. We got words to live by, so here's some words to live by. Silent breed is people. Zardoz has spoken. Okay, just once more, uh, Calder the musical. You can go to indiefringe.org for times it's going to be on stage at Theater on the Square, right, guys? Yep. Yeah. And then Sammy Terry, what's your what's your website, sir? Of course, you'll find me at SammyTerryNightmares.com. Make sure that you like my Sammy Terry fan page on Facebook to keep up with all the places you and I can meet face-to-face. And make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel. There you'll see classic as well as new Sammy. And of course, to all of you, Tom, Dustin, and Matthew, I wish you all many pleasant nightmares. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're listening to Film Thank Sociology, you. a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Michigan. No, I just think I'm going to barf. Jeez. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off! Shut up! My God! You have no freaking lie!